wondered if I was even on the right track. I worried and struggled for years. I know what it feels like to have no idea what you're doing. Like everything you write is cheesy and amateurish, and you'll never be good enough to sit on the shelves next to the great authors of your time or the classics. But I want you to know there's an answer for you, a way to know that the stories you're writing will resonate with readers, a way to transform from wherever you are now in your writing journey to someone who's universally hailed as talented and a skilled storyteller. Welcome to The Story Savant, the podcast with free writing advice for the aspiring storyteller. I'm going to give you every tool I know to help you become a master storyteller. Every week, I'll bring you tips on story structure, characterization, themes, heroes, villains, and more to automatically make your story resonate with your audience. Stay tuned. We're going to learn to tell amazing stories, and we're going to have a ton of fun doing it. Let's do this. Hello, story savants. How's everyone's week going? I hope everyone's getting some good writing done and that you're all doing well. We've actually got some rain going on here today, which is okay with me. I like the rain and it's cooled things down quite a bit. We've had a lot of really hot weather lately, so I'm kind of glad for the rain. I just hope it doesn't rain over the holiday, which is coming up on the 4th. In terms of a personal update, I don't know that I have a whole lot to say. I am still working hard on my writing course. I hope to get it finished this week or else if not that early next week and I'm probably going to debut it in August but I do have one exciting announcement and that is that I'm going to put together before I release the course I'm going to put together a like five day challenge that I hope you guys will join I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be yet but it might be something like outline your entire novel in five days something like that and it'll be a, a challenge that we do in a Facebook group so I need to finish my course and then I need to put together the challenge and I've got a lot of work to do, but it's coming, I promise, and it's going to be super fun. Beyond that, I am still working on writing Intercron and also Dragon Magic, so those things will hopefully be out sooner rather than later. And yeah, I'm just plugging along. Things are really opening up here in Utah and we're doing pretty well. So with that, let's jump into today's topic, which is the three unforgivable sins that you should never have your good characters do. Okay, this may seem a little bit strange because it's three things I'm telling you to not do, and that's different. Usually it's, it's about giving advice about what to do to make your writing better. But these are definitely things that you do not want your good characters, your hero or heroine or their, you know, quote-unquote good sidekicks to be doing. You can have your villains do them, and your audience will instantly see them as villains, which is exactly why you don't want your heroes doing them. But let's unpack this a little bit. The first rule of writing any character, as most of you probably know, is that they have to be flawed. Perfect characters are boring, and they don't have anywhere to grow in your story, okay? So they have to be flawed in order to overcome that flaw or to achieve redemption by the end of the story. That's pretty much just writing 101. You guys all know that. But what I'm seeing in recent years is that a lot of writers, they try so hard to make their characters so edgy that it's almost not possible for them to be redeemed. Because even if they are redeemed as to one of their flaws or a little bit, I mean, they've, they've taken them so far in the other direction that it's really hard to make the audience like them anymore. Okay, so it is possible to make them so flawed that, you're, that your audience is turned off to them and it's not possible to redeem them in the audience's eyes. I don't remember if I've told this story before and I apologize if I have. There was a series, a little like mini series that I watched a few years ago, two or three years ago, and I actually didn't watch all of it. <laughs> I won't say what it was, um, 
but I know that it didn't do very well. And I watched just like the first and maybe second episode, and then I, I, I didn't really have any interest in continuing. But the reason was, I could tell you right off the bat, the reason why it didn't do well and the audience didn't connect with it. And it was because the main character was way too flawed to the point where we kind of thought she was a terrible person. <laughs> okay, that's what you don't want to do with your characters. This was a woman who was a working single mother. She worked writing for TV, so it was common for her to get a call from work in the evening and have to work all night on a script so that she had it, you know, to her bosses by like eight o'clock in the morning. And she shared custody of her daughter with her husband, ex-husband. And this one particular night, she uh, had to work, but she put her daughter to bed and then she went into her office to work. And her office was not actually connected to her house. It was like a shed in the backyard that she had converted. And so she was not in the same actual building with her daughter, which wasn't actually a big deal. It was not that far away and the yard was fenced and this is something she did all the time. And the daughter, who was like eight, understand this was not a baby, this was like an eight-year-old, knew that her mom was working out there and, you know, if she needed anything, she could just go out into the backyard and find her. Well, she did this. She worked all night, quote-unquote worked, and then when she came in back in the morning, her daughter was gone and had been kidnapped. So this was like a kidnapping and ransom sort of show. Now, of course you will always have sympathy for someone whose kid disappeared. That's like the most horrible thing you could wish on anybody. But as we go through the story, we start to learn some kind of disturbing things about this woman. One, she said she was working and maybe she got the writing done, but she was also extremely drunk and extremely high, which is a personal choice, but she was on some pretty heavy substances, and this was when she had the custody of her daughter, and so that was pretty irresponsible. And then we find out that she's actually an informant against some dangerous people, against, I don't remember exactly what the details were, like against the mob or something. It was something she had come across, and it was something they revealed as the show went along. But she didn't take any precautions about the fact that these were dangerous people, and she should probably keep her family safe. I mean, what she was doing, she was informing on bad people, and there's, you know, that's a noble thing to do, but... It's like it didn't occur to her that her family might be in danger if anyone figured out she was doing this, and she took absolutely no precautions against it. And then there was the fact that her personality, she was really entitled and, you know, seemed to blame everything on everyone else, wouldn't take any responsibility for her own choices or her own life, and she was just really hard to like, even though you felt bad for her. I mean, her daughter was taken again. You, you don't wish that on any, anyone, but I was watching it, and I just remember thinking, this show is not going to do well because this main character is just not likable. And, you know, I, I have no idea how it ended. I'm sure eventually she got her daughter back and it probably ended well, but the audience is just going to lose interest if you do things like that. All right, well, that's a, that's a more general thing. None of those sins, quote-unquote sins, that I just mentioned, like doing drugs or being entitled or irresponsible, most of those are not deal breakers on their own. You can start a character off that way and then show them grow, show them become more responsible, become less entitled, that sort of thing, and that's perfectly okay. The audience will go with you to an extent. But when you have all of them piled up one on top of the other, and not to mention, like I said, I watched a few episodes and it was not getting better. It was getting worse, okay? You don't want to make the character so unlikable that the audience loses interest before you get to the end of the story. So to that end, let's talk about the three irredeemable sins that you cannot have your good characters do. I'll just give them to you right now. Child abuse is the first one. Rape is the second one. And killing the dog, believe it or not, is the third one. So let's talk about these a little bit. They're all despicable things. It's not like it's shocking that you don't want, you know, good people to be doing these things. But let's talk about why. Because I think if you understand the psychology behind it, then you'll be less likely to try and have your characters do them. Now, let me also add in here that 
you're all smart people. I don't think this will come as a huge shock to any of you, but I do see, especially newbie writers, sometimes try to get away with having their characters do these things. And I think the rationale for that is that they're kind of thinking, well, this would be a major flaw and then I'll bring them back from it. The problem is that if you do any one of these things, the audience is probably not going to forgive them no matter what you do. So I'm sure that there's somebody out there listening who is saying, yeah, but I watched this TV show or movie or read this book and they did it and they brought the person back. I mean, heck, I watched The Walking Dead and they've done that before, but it's very difficult to do. You need a lot of time and you need to be really, really skilled in creating your character arcs to be able to even attempt it. So for the most part, I would not have your main characters that are, again, the good characters, the hero, the heroine, do these things until you have a lot of experience under your belt and you know what you're doing. And even then, like I personally would, I don't think I would ever have any of my good characters do these things. So let's talk about them. Child abuse. I, I think the common thread that runs through all of these things is just that you're victimizing an innocent. So even if you have someone that you want to be a good character, if they're beating on a child, there's just really no excuse for that. That child is smaller than the adult. They can't defend themselves. You know, you're, you're never going to be able to really convince the audience that this is a good person, even if they're not evil, they just have flaws. Maybe you could get away with it if it was like a drunk thing. And when they're not drunk, you have them become sober and then they're not abusive anymore. But overall, your audience is always going to feel a certain way, not a good way about that person because you made them watch that person abuse a child. So not that you can't deal with abuse or child abuse, but if you want your audience to connect with your main character, your hero, don't have them do this. Again, you can have a villain do this. You can have like a side, a minor character do this and probably get away with it, even if it's a, you know, quote unquote, good character, but probably not the main character. They're just going to lose interest. Second one is rape. And uh, you know, this is kind of along the same lines, whether it's an adult or a child, it doesn't matter because there are reasons in various stories that you might have to kill somebody, you know, whether it's justice or self-defense or even revenge that the audience can get behind, but there's no such thing as raping someone in self-defense, right? That's just not a thing. There's no reason to do that. That is sheer victimizing of someone. So again, believe it or not, I really have seen authors try to do this, have their main character rape someone and then claim that they're a good person. Yeah, that's not going to fly. The audience is not going to buy it. They're not going to finish the book. They're going to leave you horrible reviews because they're going to feel like, and maybe this is the other thing too, anytime you write a hero or heroine, you're trying to show them by definition that what they do and who they are is good. So people, a lot of times, even if this is not what you're trying to do, it's going to come off as you trying to glorify what they're doing. And people are not going to be okay with that when we're talking about rape and abuse. All right. And the third one is killing the dog. Now, I will say that I think this could go for any animal if you make the audience love the animal and show that the hero or heroine loves the animal. But more than other animals, there's just something about the dog. You know, there's so many dog lovers out there and even the ones that aren't super fanatical dog lovers are still going to have a big problem with this. Okay. Dogs, domesticated dogs are a huge part of our society and who doesn't love a dog? Even if you aren't someone who is a dog person and wants to, to have a dog as a pet, you generally still love them and think they're cute. You know, everybody likes puppies. So <laughs> 
don't have them kill a dog or abuse a dog. I want to point out there is a franchise called John Wick. It's a Keanu Reeves franchise, and it's kind of a B-movie franchise. I, I still enjoyed it. I, I thought it was entertaining, but it is kind of a, in the B-movie realm. And I can almost guarantee the reason that franchise did so well and became as popular as it is is because they actually made use of this. No, they did not make him. Keanu Reeves is the main hero. They did not have him kill a dog. But it starts out with him having a dog that his wife left him, and she's recently died. So we, when, when the film starts out, we find out that his wife has just recently died of cancer, and he sat by her side and held her hand through this terminal illness, and then he lost his wife. And what she left behind for him is a puppy, so that he wouldn't be lonely when she was gone. And we kind of see him start to bond with this puppy, and, you know, it's from his dead wife from beyond the grave and so this is his companion and then when the bad guys break into his house they literally kill his dog and boom the second they did that the entire audience was behind this guy and wanted him to take out these bad guys not because of the murder they did but because they killed his dog you know you don't kill a guy's dog especially when his dead wife gave it to him so just keep that in mind <laughs> those are the three irredeemable sins don't have your heroes or heroines abuse children any kind of rape or kill the dog slash animal or even abuse the dog. You can make your villains do this and of course they're pretty dark things so that just depends on what you're writing but the instant you can also make use of these to make your audience hate your villain. You know if a guy's walking down the street and out of nowhere decides to kick a dog instantly people hate him so it kind of goes both ways. Let's talk about why murder actually isn't one of them. One of the irredeemable sins and again this is just kind of an interesting psychology thing to understand. Obviously, no one is condoning murder, and we're not going to like it if our main characters commit murder. So I'm not saying that it's okay to have all your characters commit murder, not at all. But murder isn't one of the irredeemable sins. And the psychology behind that, I think, has to do with self-defense. Because you can kill someone, and it can be self-defense, or you can kill someone, and it can be murder, right? So the act can be the same, even if the motivation is not. But then, in our minds, the psychology of it, we tend to associate the two, even if we know consciously that there are two different motivations going on there, and one is okay and one is not. So, especially if we have a good character that we already love, and he does something super shady, we tend to try and justify it. Now, understand, I'm not making a statement about the morality of that, I'm, I'm making a statement about the psychology of it in the reader's mind. The perfect example of this is, you know, thrillers that tend to be like terrorist type thrillers. So something like Jack Bauer from 24 or, you know, Ethan Hunt of Mission Impossible, several other uh, Tom Cruise action franchises we could name. Because they might kill somebody and it could be shady, everyone instantly goes, oh, that was a bad guy, so it's okay. Oh, um, that person was a terrorist, so it's okay. <laughs> Now, is it really okay? Well, it depends on the situation, but this is what I'm talking about. Because they already love the character, because you've already got them invested in the story, they're willing to go with you to a certain extent. They're willing to justify it to a certain extent. And sometimes they're right that it was totally justified. Um, the other thing you can do is if you see the main character kill someone in a way that definitely is justified, you can say that was 100% self-defense or defense of, say, a child or something, then when they do things that are shadier, already the audience wants to justify it. Now, once again, I'm not saying that that is okay or isn't okay. I'm just saying this is why murder isn't one of the irredeemable sins because there are situations in which you can get away with it. 
not saying you should <laughs> or shouldn't. It just depends on your story, but it's just kind of interesting to think about and to kind of analyze the psychology of the reader. All right, so that's pretty much what I have for you today. Let's go over them one more time. Do not have your heroes or heroines if you want the audience to continue to love them and get behind their story. Uh, practice child abuse, rape of any kind, or kill the dog. You will lose your audience. They will hate you. They will give you terrible reviews. Um, but once again, you can have your villains do these things, and it will make the audience instantly hate them. So maybe that you could use that to your advantage. So go out there and just make sure that you're not trying to make your heroes so flawed that your audience hates them. You definitely need to give them flaws, but also give them some redeeming qualities, because that's what's human about us, right? I mean, whether we are liked by other people is just a matter of, because we know we're all flawed, we all have the flaws, but whether our redeeming qualities outweigh those flaws. That is the question of the day. So come back next week and I will have another show for you. Have a great week and get some great writing done. See you next time. Bye for now. Hi there. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would appreciate it so much if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media platform, and tag me. Remember, only you can tell your story, and there are tons of people out there waiting to connect with it. So get out there and write the best story you can write. Remember, only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So be a story savant, and get out there and get that sucker written.